Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters to go. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. It is the very last day of January 2016, January 31st. I am Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica, California with my sister Monica in Portland, Oregon. How's everything up there, Monica? Great. Happy to join you guys today. Glad to have you here. And Julie Dolan, you had a big week in Dallas, Texas. You moved, I hear. Yes, Liz, I moved. I'm going to be talking about, telling you a little bit more about my move this week. Yes, very, very busy. All right. Well, we do have quite a lineup for today's show. This is all things we put in the, the category we call it Satellite Sisters, the how was your week? You know, so we just have a lot of anecdotal whatevers about things that happened to us this week. Uh, I'm going to start off with a dramatic tale of midair mayhem um, that involved, you know, marshals and mayhem and, you know, always. A, it is. Yes. <laughs> just a terrible way to start the week, uh, which turned out to be come an increasingly terrible week for me. So just in case you're wondering, how was my week? It was terrible. <laughs> It was terrible. Uh, okay, Julie, we're going to hear about your move. Uh-huh. Monica, inquiring minds, you're, you're you're what halfway through your 30 day Netflix trial? Uh, was- more than halfway, Liz. Than- I got eight days to go. Here to report back on what I'm watching on Netflix. Okay, people in the Satellite Sisters face- Facebook group are dying to know how that's working out for you. Um, and you also went to the Portland Auto Show. Does that mean you're in the auto market? Uh, I'm always shopping for a car, uh, not seriously, but I do enjoy going to the auto show. Okay. All right. And Julie, you've got some kind of medical question. I do. I have a medical situation. It's along the lines of your twitchy eye, Liz, you oh. know, and we got, we got some very solid advice and counsel from, uh, the satellite sisterhood. Well, I have a situation and I need, I need some advice. Okay. okay. I need some, I, I, I don't know what to do. So you're crowdsourcing medical advice. Yes. Yeah. Why not? That's excellent. And at the end of today's show, we want to remind you how you can celebrate a Valentine's Day. You know what that is. That's the day before Valentine's Day when you celebrate uh, your friends. We think you're the best is a perfect way to celebrate that. So, all right. Can I start about what I was doing last Sunday at this exact time? Uh, because last sun- Sunday we were all otherwise occupied. I was traveling for work. Julie, you were traveling. Monica was busy. Everyone was working. And so we, um, Leanne posted a new episode from our You're the Best series. But, you know, in real life, I was, um, on a plane or really I was in the airport most of the day because, because of the, uh, snowstorm on the East Coast. All the planes throughout the whole country, there's that cascading effect that we are all familiar with. Uh, The cascading effect meant that the very short flight that I was supposed to be taking from Salt Lake City to Los Angeles became a very long day sitting around the airport 
and then you think like, okay, now we're moving. Now we're getting on the plane. Now, now everything's going to be better. This flight is only like what an hour and a half from Salt Lake City to LA. We are we are in motion now. Well, sadly, that was not to be the case. Uh, the plane was super packed. People were super cranky because of the delay. And there were a lot of people, like, it felt like almost all the people were going to be missing connections in Los Angeles because of the Salt Lake City delay. That's and, so depressing when you already know you're, there's no chance. I know. Connecting, <laughs> I, I know. And, yeah. and a lot of them, I felt so sorry. There was a whole little family in front of me, Julie. I was in 38C. Oh, that uh, sounds like a really good <laughs> Yes. This exacerbated the whole situation. She's 38. Let's just imagine 38. But the the family in front of me, not only were they missing their connection, they were missing their connection to a family vacation in Hawaii. There were a lot of people that were missing the Kona connection. And Monica, I'm sure you can just feel the heartbreak. Oh, the heartbreak. I was like, you just want to get to Hawaii. I know. At that point, you're, and you've been in the airport for quite a while. So. Uh, so anyway, people were cranky, people were crammed in there and, um, things, I thought that things were going to just carry on without incident until about 15 minutes before we were due to land. When the guy across from me, so 38, let's call it E, uh, so middle seat, um, he just, he can't stand it anymore in his seat. You know, you know that feeling? You just, <laughs> yes. You, you just I can't, didn't know that feeling. I yes. know that feeling. So I was somewhat sympathetic in the beginning. Uh, he just couldn't stand it anymore. And so he was reaching up and with his hands and arms, like putting his hands inside the plastic panels above your head and like using that piece of the plane to pull himself up out of his seat so that he could just stretch so he could just stretch his big body the poor guy the poor guy was six foot eight i gotta say so so he's like stretching his body but at the same time like straining the plastic plane the actual (laughs) plane, plane right so the uh, So the first flight attendant comes by and says, sir, you can't really do that. That is dangerous. Please don't do that. It's our safety equipment in there. That's the oxygen masks. And he's like, I need a bigger seat. He just starts chanting, I need a bigger seat. I need a bigger seat. Oh, no. and, losing and she, it. And, and totally losing it. Exactly. And uh, and she's like, sir, you just need to stop doing that. Uh, please, you know, let go. Um, you know, we could all feel that we were already starting to descend. We were only 15 minutes out, but he just didn't have 15 minutes left in him, this guy. (laughs) So, um, so then, so she goes away. The moment she goes away, he does it again. He's reaching up. He's pulling down. He's pulling, pulling. Then so some other flight attendant comes by and says, sir, you're not allowed to do that. And, uh, he's like, I need a new seat right now. I need you to give me a new seat right now. And, you know, and she's like, uh, he was like, no, uh, sir, please just, you know, we're going to be on the ground soon. We're not going to be moving anyone's seats now. And he's like, this is ridiculous how small these seats are. Now he's yelling. And so people around are, you know, they're starting to yell back at him. Really? <laughs> you know, yeah. Really? Yeah. Because like, it just, you, did you say anything? No, no, no. Yeah. You know how these situations can escalate. Oh, no, no way. 
So then, uh, then it happens a third time. And, uh, and that's when a woman like two rows behind yells, we're landing anyway, shut up. So that sort of uncorked the whole back of the plane. Then at that point, uh, so then naturally he does it one more time. And this time he breaks the plane this time. Yes. He pulls down the whole, uh, piece of plastic that is over his head, literally just breaks the plane. And, Okay, so now a flight attendant comes back, and and when he it snapped with a very loud noise, you know yeah. that the plastic was really and people like screamed, <laughs> the uh, people were really on edge, and um, so there was this little bit of screaming, and so a flight attendant comes back, sees what happened, what has happened, and it's like, sir, now you've gone over the line. Uh, I just need you to stay right here. Uh, please don't move as if he was going to move anyway. And, uh, you know, please, everyone just remain calm. So the, he, he disappears. He comes back and he says, sir, when we land, uh, I'm going to need you to, um, to talk to the pilot. When you get to the front of the plane, the pilot wants to talk to you. And this guy's like, great, because I have a few complaints because this is, <laughs> this is ridiculous. And I'm turning, now everyone's talking to their seatmates, right? Because it's, it's out of control. So I turn to my seatmates. It's like, this dude doesn't even realize he's getting arrested. He, yeah. he, he thinks it's like a customer service call. He's, he's like so arrested. Like they're going to give him some wings yes, when he comes yeah. up to speak uh, to the pilot. Yeah, but it doesn't even come to that because then, uh, then of course, the marshal shows up. So now the marshal, who by that the way was on your plane, yes, I mean, yes, you had okay. We apparently would, would we had you, a marshal on the plane because did you identify the air marshal ahead of time, Liz? No. As no, okay, no. but he but, was pretty much central casting air marshal Julie. This guy okay. was super studly. He was like wearing uh, blue jeans, like a plaid shirt, a badge, looking very. He looked very marshally. So if I had given it any thought, I might have picked him out of the crowd. So he comes back and he's like, "Sir, I need you to calm down. Uh, when we land, everyone is going. Everyone else but you will be getting off the plane." Oh. And okay, he did oh. not really respond oh. that well to that. And so then he had to get him up out of his seat. Anyway, so we land. Now, all of these people who are late for their connections, right? So there are probably 100 people on the plane that are late for their connections. They're going to be even later because now we're just sitting on the tarmac while the marshal gets this guy out of his seat, takes him all the way to the back of the plane instead of the front of the plane just to get him away from the rest of the passengers. Um, But because we're sitting on the tarmac for a long time, not at a gate – People think we're there, and they get up, and they start taking all their bags out. You know, so it's that kind of mayhem. People are just getting off that plane. They don't really care if we're at a jetway. They don't care if we pulled up to a gate. They are getting off the plane. So then they have to make all of the announcements. I mean, it's just, it's mayhem on the plane. So then it's like, could everyone please get back in your seat? So everyone has to put their bags out. All the Hawaii people, there was a whole group of Hawaii people that made a break for it, just ran to the front of the plane. <laughs> oh, no. So that, so that when we did get to a jetway they were going to get off first and i really thought that was very clever of them because at at this point the marshal was otherwise occupied it's not like the marshal was going to take them down for trying to make their their (laughs) connection and this guy is now standing up and he's just 
like whining and yelling and this and talking. Oh, really? About, he's still. He's oh, still yeah, yeah. He has no idea he's in trouble now, Julie. He's just still at this point. And so now we're, we sit on the we sit on the tarmac for a while. Finally, we pull up to the gate. You know, we open the gate. What's they open the the gate at the jetway, the door, and the first thing that happens, of course, is six cops board the plane. Oh so, yes, yeah, so now we have a whole log jam at the front. The Hawaii people are bumping into the cops and everyone oh. else who's missing their flights. It was just really, really a sad situation. So the um, finally. Uh, you know, I tried to let everyone who clearly was missing a connection uh, go by me. And then you get off the plane and, of course, we're an hour and a half late getting in. So the connecting flight, all the people that think they're getting on this plane are sitting there all crammed into the waiting area. And I just looked at them and I just wanted to say sadly, like, I'm sorry, your plane is broken. <laughs> There's no way this plane is going out now. Because, I mean, this guy, the cascading effect is... The guy is now screwed up the whole next flight. Oh. Right? Because they're going to have to, they can't fly a plane with like a whole big part of the ceiling that somebody has pulled out. So it just was, it was, it was such a simple thing that escalated to create the maximum amount of problems for everyone involved. The maximum amount of problems for people on my flight, people on the next flight, the board flight attendants, the cops, and this guy, like, I don't know whether he was just whether it was like anxiety overcame him or maybe he was just a jerk or maybe he was drunk. I really have no idea, but it's just an example of like one simple thing on an airplane can just bring the whole thing down. I mean, thank God we were already landing in Los Angeles because otherwise, at that point, I'm sure they would have had to land the plane somewhere. Right. You would have had to go back to Salt Lake. Yeah. We would have had to do something. So thank goodness we were at least close to the airport. So so that's just a little bit of midair mayhem that makes for when you've worked a whole weekend too that's fun to have that as your as your flight home so then i get home <coughs> and within like an hour i feel this flu coming on you know that you, you know that tell. feeling yeah. that just all of a sudden it settles on you yeah you get the creepy crawlies and exactly you, yeah you just feel you run a fever you yes see? yes all of the above. So I barely slept on Sunday night. Monday morning, I woke up. I felt like I had been hit by a truck. Oh. So I didn't go to work Monday. There was, like, no chance. I, did, I didn't go to work uh, Tuesday. Wednesday, I was attempting to rally and almost burned down my home in the process. So here's what happens. <laughs> this is some week you're having. I know. It was terrible. I'm uh, telling of you. Of course, Liz, I have, to, I have to ask, you know, what... What did our mother always tell us to do? I know. To to flu, flu shot, Julie. I, I know. I, I know. did not get a flu shot okay. this year. Okay. 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 I, Mom would just pester us till we just couldn't I, stand it anymore and got got our flu shots. Right. She just, ha- she would hound us yes. to get flu shots. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I, I know. I know it's totally my fault. Okay. Um, so, but Wednesday, I'm like, okay, I, I got to try to rally. This is ridiculous. I got to get into work, maybe even just in the afternoon. So in the morning, at midday, I thought, okay, I'm just going to get up. I had some chicken soup. I'm just going to heat up some chicken soup, see if that, you know, if that I can rally enough to like take a shower, get dressed, and maybe even just go into the office for a couple of hours, just to, like 
get on top of things. So I, uh, I heat up the chicken soup and then I go back into my room and I shut the door and, uh, I get back in bed and, uh, and then the office called about something. So I, I was talking on the phone to the office for a second and then I hear this knocking on my bedroom door, which is, which is unusual because I live alone. And <laughs> Liz, somebody is, somebody is knocking on my bedroom door and I open and is Mark the dog walker. And the reason he's knocking on my bedroom door, luckily for me, he has come in midday to walk Ferris the way he normally would because I would be at work. But he has realized that, of course, I've left the soup on the stove. Oh, so there's smoke billowing, billowing out of the kitchen. And he manages. Which I'm sure is an infraction in your apartment building, Liz. Yeah. So he manages to, like, save the day, like, to tar- save the soup, uh, you know, save the kitchen. And I'm just looking at this this smoke. And I mean, thank God. He, what What happens? I don't even know the answer to this. Like, if you leave something on the stove and it, it just burns, and can ignite. Even the yeah, just uh, like stainless steel soup, it can actually ignite. I think it can cause a fire. Yeah, I think, I it, think it can too. But I was trying to figure out how. Anyway, luckily I did not find out. So, uh, yeah. So Wednesday was the day that uh, that my dog walker saved my life. So that was good. Just another That's... reason why I, you know, I've I've often said to you, he is the linchpin to my whole operation, and. Um, and now, uh, now he proved it again. And this what? is only midweek, Liz. You're this is only, only midweek. Week. Oh, yeah. The week continued to get worse. But so, um, okay. But here's the thing I did manage to take in this week because I was home sick, really just laying in bed, you know, listening to the radio or trying to sleep. Were you following at all the news story here in Southern California about the manhunt for the three guys that escaped from the Santa Ana jail? Anyone follow any saw, of that? I saw that. I read a little bit about it, and it just surprised me because they were in a maxi- maximum security right. jail. That and is they correct. Got out is amazing. It I is a- some about it that it was they had inside help. Right. This is what is fascinating to me about the story. So these three guys, these are three scary-looking dudes. Very and, bad guys. Yes. I mean, yes. Done, they, right. I'm going to get into that a little bit. So somehow. They managed to escape from a maximum security jail. Uh, they had um, they cut through three layers of steel, metal, and rebar. They slipped through the pipes and the air ducts and things, and somehow got up to the roof of the jail, and then used a rope made of bed sheets to rappel down the side of the building. It sounds like a movie, like you can't believe this stuff happens in real life. But here's the part that is especially like a movie. So midway through the week, they arrested the part-time English as a second language teacher at the jail for helping them break out. This, This is always amazing to me that this happens, that somehow women fall for these prisoners and end up allowing themselves to be manipulated in such a way as to free them. So apparently what happened here is that she is an ESL teacher. She was working at the jail, uh, but she's also a children's book author. Uh, she and one, like the main bad dude, the one who, by the way, was in for torture 
yes. this is crime, right? So, uh, so they are both of Iranian descent, and somehow, even though he speaks English perfectly well and like graduated from high school in America and was in the Marine Corps, he started taking her English as a second language class, clearly as a way to manipulate her. And they fell into a relationship that now the police have described as far closer than appropriate. Uh-huh. So, so this Iranian woman, uh, this is what amazes me about all of these tales. She has a master's in French literature from the University of Tehran. She studied in Paris, moved to the U.S., got another master's for teaching English as a second language. She speaks English, French, Farsi, and Arabic fluently. She writes children's books, and yet somehow this guy that was in jail for torture convinced her to give him a Google Maps printout showing the roof of the jail. Isn't that amazing when that happens? I, well, I know that, but he had obviously had strong powers of persuasion, manipulation to, uh, you know, I guess. Yes. He obviously targeted her and, uh, you know, and probably got, got himself put in this class because she was Iranian and he felt like there would be some way that he could emotionally manipulate her. But her friends are all, and her employers are all in the paper at the end of the week, like, in a million years, yeah. this is not what we would have expected. Her name is uh, Nushafarine Ravagi, 44 years old. She looks like a very nice person. And somehow now she's in jail. And, well, they finally caught him yesterday. So anyway, just like a shocking story. I'm so She's Googling for him. I felt like saying, well, maybe you should have Googled him. Because when you read the actual crime that he was actually in jail for, let's just say part of the... You tor- wouldn't want, yeah, you wouldn't want him in his e- your ESL class. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. I mean, part of his crime was cutting off a very delicate body part of someone he was torturing. So anyway, um, so so this is the bad for... So Nushfarin Ravagi is now in jail. Like, it's just a, an amazing, amazing tale. The good news for women in this story is that they got caught yesterday in... Um, in a Whole Foods parking lot, which I think is kind of hilarious. So they were in they were in a white van in a Whole Foods parking lot, and it was just a local woman who drove by, saw the van that fit the description of what she had seen. It's been all over the news here all week, and then alerted the police. So there's like a $200,000 reward. So I think the nice lady in the Whole Foods parking lot is at least going to get the two, a piece of the $200,000 reward. But anyway, it reminded me, like, remember those guys that that escaped last year from that prison in upstate New York? Right. It was the same thing where they just convinced this woman to, they threw her in. And I guess, I mean, it's not that uncommon of, you know, that you have these prison romances between prisoners and, and people that work at a prison or have the contact with the prisoners. I mean, it happens all the time. I I think it just becomes normal or something maybe you must not see them as uh as criminals you know or you must somehow you forget about the terrible crimes that put them in this maximum prison to begin with you know you're totally right julie it is you know it is amazingly common and it just like blows my mind every time it happens Mm -hmm. uh because it's a level of sort of emotional manipulation 
that is really, really hard to imagine. Anyway, so they're all three back in jail. So, um, so you can. So mess you don't have it. to worry about that this week. No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to tell me that somehow they ended up at your apartment building. That, I sort of thought you were going with this. No, story. no, no. That that is the good news. Um, so, like, and then uh, the, the, I, I, more tales of terrible things uh, later on in the show. But let, let's lighten the mood, Julie. How did your move go? My, that's right, Monica and uh, Liz. I, I moved. I, I just, you know, we, uh, we did a lot because we were just moving locally. We have been on a two-year search to find the perfect empty nester pad. I think we found it. It's just great being here. Um, we, we bought a, a, a single-story, small house. Uh, pretty close to the grandchildren, so I'm really excited about that. In our same zip code, so I don't have to learn another zip code, which I just... <laughs> I just too, it's too think, late for that? I just didn't think I could do that. I just didn't think I could do, you know, have to like, oh, you have to change your zip code again. I, I just couldn't do it. So I'm very happy about that. And we had sort of plotted out, you know, because we hired some we hired some guys to move the heavy furniture. And we had figured out exactly where in the new house we wanted all the furniture. So that worked out great. We, the weather has been beautiful here in Dallas. We haven't had any rain. So the move went very smoothly. And then uh, my husband had to leave on a business trip. So I'm home alone in the new house. I want you to know, other than the sofa sleeper, I have moved by myself now every single piece of furniture that I, we brought into the house. Again, <laughs> you know how it is? You get into the house and you're like, no, I don't like that there at all. Mm-hmm, no. Mm-hmm. And so now by myself, I am dragging giant chairs, <laughs> coffee tables, you know, just all. I mean, that's good so, exercise. It's, I mean, I'm exhausted from that. But, uh, but I'm. We're Do you really think you have found perfect yet? I, you know, I have this theory about things like they are going to float to the right place. Well, I did some dragging to help those things get to the right place, but, uh, I've been pretty busy, you know, unpacking all week, but I noticed that I needed, I needed a couple, like just a little, like an extra set of drawers for a closet to store some things. So I went to Ikea, which I have not been to, um, since I lived in Russia. Um, and I know I just want to offer a little defense of Ikea. I know a lot of people criticize it and that's, you know, a big step in your life when you don't have to use Ikea furniture anymore. (laughs) I I think Ikea is great. Can I just say that? I mean, maybe I'm nostalgic about it because I really got to know Ikea well when we lived in Moscow, Russia. I mean, there really wasn't a lot of retail in Russia when we were living there. So um, Ikea, Ikea was there and it was such a bright and cheery place that a lot of times I would go with like other women and we would just go for coffee and cookies <laughs> to Ikea because it was, around it was kind of nice there, you know, it was mm-hmm. Swedish and, and I had that same sensation when I went into, I went to Ikea on Saturday, yesterday, oh, you know, which I know Monica people, oh, that's terrible. It's the worst place on earth. Not at all. You know, it's sort of like an indoor park setting. You know, they have the little path that you take. Right. And, 
And you have all these lovely vignettes, you know, they've set like up touring the, a little village in yeah, Sweden, you know, little, you know, do you can see that and all the people there, you know, you have young couples that are holding their hands and, you know, like planning for their first apartment. You have like parents with their grown kids and they're buying stuff. You have elderly couples, you know, you have nice whole families that are on the pathway, traveling, traveling through time at a, Ikea. I think it's kind of nice there. I love it that when you get to the kids area, all the kids are jumping on the beds and they're climbing up the bunk beds and playing with the toys and nobody cares. You know, it's fine. It's, it's just, it's you know, Ikea. All, it's Ikea. All the fabrics are bright. The lights are bright. The plants are all green. I, you know, and I bought a Gruntal, a model <laughs> and a scub. I bought three items. Say those again. A Gruntal, a mom, and a scub. You know, this whole... Those sound system, great. Don't they sound great? You know, the whole... You know the how they got the names at Ikea. It, it was I a s- system that was developed by the founder of Ikea, Ingvar uh, Kamprad, and he's dyslexic. So he didn't want any numbers on his boxes for, you know, the inventory because that was, he couldn't, he, he still as an adult had a, had a terrible dyslexia. So he just names them after, after like all the furniture, like the couches and things, they're all named after places in Sweden. Oh. The beds, the wardrobes, those are Norwegian names. Dining room table, dining tables and chairs, those are Finnish names. The bookcases, they're all occupations. Those are Swedish words for occupations. I had no idea. The Scandinavian lake rivers and bays, that's all the bathroom stuff <laughs> and accessories. Julie, and, maybe you should get a job at Ikea. Uh, yeah. I was looking at those blue and yellow shirts. I thought <laughs> I would enjoy it very much. It's just your happy place. It it really was a happy place for me. You know, I mean, the fabrics are all women's names and the kitchens are all Swedish grammatical terms. Oh, okay. So, uh, so anyway, I just, it's all going well. And I got a couple of Swedish things and I just, just, just don't be bad. Don't be hard on Ikea. It's a little like Southwest Airlines. You know what you're (laughs) paying for. You know, I mean, it is not okay. It's not a high end furniture store. It's not pretending to be. It's no, just, right. It's, it's not priced as that either. So right, right. It is what it is. And, and they have delicious coffee and cookies. And I think they've gotten that horse meat out of the meatballs. Now <laughs> I bought a bag of them to Ooh. bring. <laughs> you did. Wow. Yeah, you I are have... fully committed to this brand. Yes, I am, Liz. Yes, I am. So I, I'm going to put together this afternoon my Gruntal and my mom, okay, and hang up my scubs, okay? okay or maybe I'm hang, hanging up the Gruntal and, uh, <laughs> and assembling the mom and the scub. One of those two. I'll let you know. Good luck. Julie, I'll have to give it another try because I've only been to Ikea once, uh, and that was about 10 years ago when the one opened in Portland. I've never been back. I, it's a very pleasant experience, Monica. I'd be happy to be an, your IKEA guide. I know all the shortcuts and everything too. So, yeah, I know you get trapped in there. Uh, you can get trapped on the path. Um, well, I had a good week, Liz. Sorry to hear you did not. I'm uh, glad you did, though, Monica. Yeah, yeah, did very nice week. So, it started out last weekend. My neighbors across the street. Now, you remember these are the ones that. I backed my car into their house a couple of years ago. Yes. Well, my car hit their house. 
Um, yes, you weren't in the car at the time, which is no, both good and bad. The car itself reversed down my driveway across the street and hit their house. Anyways, they're very nice, really nice couple. Uh, we have quite a few new people that have moved in. So last Sunday night, they had a soup party. And it was just come for soup Sunday evening, bring something or not. That's what they said. Oh, feel like I like that. I like I like the idea of a soup party and the bring something or not. That's That's a good thing. Casual, all ages invited. I made a nice little, uh, I thought it was nice, little cheese cracker charcuterie plate. Mm. Uh, brought that over. So um, it was it was nice. We had a nice time and I got sort of those awkward conversations with your new neighbors out of the way where you're kind of talking across the driveway because I haven't really talked to my new neighbors. So here we were in a party setting, got to introduce ourselves Everything was good. Um, now they, someone suggested we do it every month, and I—that is too frequent. <laughs> Don't you think? I I said I think nothing. quarterly is nice. I said nothing, but the bubble above my head, in my thought, my thought bubble was twice a year. <laughs> like have a like summer and winter soup party, or maybe an outdoor soup party. So I just smiled. remember on Burton Drive when we lived together in Portland, we had a twice a year thing. Yeah, twice there, a year. There was I, a summer party and a holiday party. It was nice. Party. That seems holiday good. Party. That seems good. So all my neighbors were talking about this social media site, and it's called Next Door. Have you heard of it, Liz? No. I'm sure you haven't because. <laughs> You but really it's about how to be friendly neighbors. So, of yes, course, nobody about- in my building would know about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you it it's next door. And every neighborhood has one. And you join it. You sign up. It's like a Facebook page. And uh, you get these email blasts about things happening in your neighborhood. Lost dogs, stuff for sale, volunteer opportunities, um, so I thought, well, just give it a whirl because everyone's like, oh, you're not on next door. You should be on next door because I might need, you know, some help someday or handyman help. So I signed up for it. Um, now I can see how it would take up quite a lot of time. Uh, and I don't really have that kind of time right now. But uh, when I'm retired, I think I'm going to become an active member of next door. But it's just a nice thing to do. You know. So you just, you monitor what's going on on your street and then just post that? Is that, right. is that it? No, you, people post things, uh, help they need, lost dogs, stuff for sale, events in the neighborhood. It's just like a Facebook page for your neighborhood. Very nice. Neighbors. And when I signed up, I got about 14 emails, like welcome neighbor. So it felt very neighborly. So Takes up a lot of time, though. I don't really have time for that right now, but I'm thinking of it. Uh, so just one little note. People that live down the street, they have this darling little girl. Her name is Garrity, which is a very sweet name. She's adorable. She's, you know, climbing all over the furniture. Very cute. Um, and they are expecting another baby, these neighbors. And so I said, oh, the name Garrity, that's pretty. Is that a family name? They said, no, well, you know, we love that show, Friday Night Lights. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they said, so we named her after Lila Garrity because we love that character. And in my mind, I was thinking, why didn't you name her Lila? But <laughs> <laughs> another thought bubble was going another on. Another thought yes. bubble was coming up. <laughs> 
choice. She said, well, we're think we, you know, we have to come up with another name. And I said, well, the obvious choice would be Riggins. <laughs> <laughs> I said, how about just coach Taylor, just one word, coach Taylor. I think that would be nice. So, uh, so it was nice. Finally met my neighbors, uh, onward and upward with nextdoor.com or whatever it is. That sounds That's nice. Monica. That sounds, sounds like a good development on your street. Yes. Yes. And so how are things going in your house? You've oh, been sorry. in a oh, Netflix okay. trial. No, I just had a little thought bubble in my head, which first, um, I know, uh, so I signed up for the Netflix 30 day free trial and people on our satellite sisters, Facebook page want to know Jules was like, fess up, Monica. Have you signed up for, for it full time? Larice said, welcome to the hooked in 30 days club. Now, I am enjoying Netflix. What I'm finding is I'm staying up really late at night mm-hmm. for me. I normally go to bed about quarter of 10, but we're talking, I am clocking some hours watching Netflix. <laughs> been, in, been enjoying it. And my theme is I'm trying to balance the dark with the light. Uh-huh. So good, good, Monica. So I, I started with Nurse Jackie. I'd only seen a couple of episodes of it. Uh, people said it was a great show and it's very dark, very dark. Cause it's about, you know, addiction, right. which is a dark subject. Um, but it's excellent. So I balanced that with Gilmore girls <laughs> <laughs> because I enjoy Gil- Gilmore girls. So I'm, I'm through season one of Gilmore girls and it's nice. I already know the story arc for most of the characters, but it's just fun to see Rory be a, teenager again and Rory growing up and you know think about being back in Stars Hollow um like my favorite part of Gilmore Girls though is Suki is Melissa McCarthy because you know that was really her first big role that I knew about her so I um, have never seen a single episode of Gilmore Girls Liz oh it is so feel good I it think is, you would it, it's you just, love it. It's girl power. Liz, you should definitely I mean, I know they're reviving it, so they're you know, you know, maybe I need to see the original so that I'm ready for the new yes, Gilmore Girls. Yes, that's the whole reason I tuned into it, because I know they're reviving it and I wanted to get refreshed and caught up. It's really a charming show. Really charming. Uh so I saw that and then again back to the dark. I I went. Sheila suggested I watch Top of the River. Oh, Top of the Lake. I'm sorry. <laughs> close a close enough. Of water. Close enough. Oh my God! I can't believe I just said that. Top of the Lake. Now this is a very dark crime story. Uh, it's Australian. It stars Elizabeth Moss is the detective, but I know there's only seven or eight episodes. And then I read it was, they were also bringing back that series uh, this year. So I'm, I'm going to be ready. So I would recommend that Top of the Lake. Okay, I've not watched that. Very good, very good uh, crime drama story. Um, so that's it. So I've got eight, eight more days left. But you're really going to give it up at the end of the eight days? You're not, you're not tempted to? Just I am tempted, it. Julie. I am enjoying it, I have to say. No. Um, I'll, I'll tell you next weekend. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> the door is open. Eight okay. days, a lot of Gilmore girls left. I'm on my way. Is it, I mean, there's just so many other shows you haven't seen that I are on Netflix that I just, 
And I know that other, you know, on our Facebook group, people are recommending other shows for you to watch too. Shows that I haven't seen. So, so you're not going to get any sleep this week at all. No. Okay. Okay. Well, Liz, I am sorry you had such a terrible week and I suppose you got to get back on a plane this coming week. That's, That's correct. Tomorrow morning. Oh, Liz. All right. But I saw something today and I was like, this is for Liz because you are like traveling like a maniac. But I know when you go and you, you get to stay at some pretty nice business hotels, but I am sure that you never like book yourself a massage or do anything to relax once you get there. Right. You just, no, of course not. Well, they have a a new sort of trend, which is now uh, in, at least in one chain, the JW Marriott chains, they are offering something new. It's called a 12 to 25 minute um, massage because they realize people like you don't have time to like book in advance. You don't have time for like a 90 minute massage, but you might have 12 minutes to get a scalp (laughs) massage or shoulder massage. Oh, that sounds great. Exfoliation and moisturizing that you just, just sit in a chair that are tricked out with scent infusers and noise canceling technology and smartphone charging stations. Oh, doesn't that sound good? It does sound good. When you, as soon as you said scalp massage, my scalp just tingled thinking about that, Julie. That would be, after a little midair mayhem, what you need is a scalp massage. I mean, I had no idea that you had to deal with that uh, in your seat last week on the plane, but I thought this is a really good idea because, I mean, you don't have time to like, when you get to a hotel, like, oh, well, gee, maybe I'd like to have some kind of treatment. And then you call and of course all the slots are taken. But 12 minutes, that might make you feel better. That might perk you Yeah, up. the key is okay. 12 minutes right now. Like, I'm available right now. Like, I don't know if I have 12 minutes later today. But, like, in right now, I can look ahead at the next 20 minutes and see the 12 of them are available. Okay. Liz, it's so funny you, you just expressed that opinion about the urgency because the headline for this um, story was a massage, please. And make it snappy. Oh, I see? Think that's, see that's, <laughs> I think that's what it is. So uh, these are at the JW Marriott, Liz. And right now, they only have them in a couple of hotels. So, uh, Okay, where do I have to go? Just well, tell, tell me well, what's have One shot, if you have any business in Houston, at the downtown Houston. Or there's one also at the Mumbai JW. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. In India. But I think that it's I just based on your reaction, Liz, I believe that this is something that is going to catch on and you should be on the lookout for it. Or just when you go to your hotel, just tell them you only want a 12 minute scalp massage <laughs> and see what they say. Just force them to have that uh, treatment for you. Liz. Right. Okay. And could I do it sitting at the bar? Could that, is that possible? <laughs> <laughs> Because that would be good. You're just sitting there enjoying yourself and somebody's massaging your scalp. Okay. Liz, that is a big idea. That is a big idea. Okay. Well, here's a big idea that's coming out. Again, I just, it makes me so sad. This is really like sad news uh, as far as I'm concerned that kitchens are now becoming man caves. Okay. That because of the uh, uh, you know, uh, because of the popularity of, you know, of food shows uh, and, you know, and food as a, as a, like a hobby that more and more men are like in the kitchen. And now 
they are driving what is designing, you know, how kitchens are being designed, which I think is kind of sad. So first of all, you know, can I just say, I have noticed that on all those HGTV shows, all those flipper shows and love it or listed and all of that. It's the man that wants the nice kitchen. That it's always, they always have the man saying, you know, I'm a serious cook, so I need this and that. And yeah. I I have observed that as a trend, or at least they're trying to make that a trend. Right. But Julie, I, Julie, I want to say I read that article. Yes. And I, I don't know if you're going to comment on the burnt wood slab countertops. <laughs> yes, that that's <laughs> because that was the lead-in picture, like dark, heavy, thick wood with char marks in it. Now, Liz, that might be something. <laughs> You would want to look into. That's what you were working on in your kitchen this past week. Was yeah, you were. So, that yeah. would obscure the damage that I will do. Yeah. You were yeah, on trend, Liz. On trend. Liz, but see, this is what's going to happen to kitchens. that they Because men want, like, burnt. They want hard woods. They want, you know, big, heavy, heavy materials. They want they want larger platters. Everything's going to weigh more. They they want taller counters. They of course they want they want appliances that have like a lot more BTUs. I mean, you cannot have enough BTUs. You know, they want they want all the handles on their pots to be bulked up. Uh, they want things built in, you know, it's just, uh, it, it's, it makes me sad, you know, <laughs> I mean, it makes a, you know, that um, they want two sinks for some reason, men insist on two sinks when they're designing a kitchen. I don't you know, get It that. all sounds like it's going to like, look like a steakhouse. You yes. Know? That's just a, like, a, like an industrial steakhouse. That's, yeah. what, that's <laughs> what guys like. But, but it is interesting that if a man is in charge of picking out the appliance package for a, uh, for a kitchen, they will spend 30% more than women will. Really? That, yes. Yes. So that's bad news. That means, and of course, like if you're going to spend 30% more, those are the kind of people, oh, we're going to better design kitchens for men, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Hmm. Even Porsche is getting into the kitchen uh, business now. They have a whole Porsche design studio, Porsche appliances for the for the kitchen. Really? Yeah. Wow. And men want like really jazzy co- colors, like like race car colors in the kitchen. <laughs> it's is wrong. It should be white. It should be like just should be it. It should be muted, like Martha Stewart told us. You know, it should not shouldn't be like race car Ferrari red. But that's what men want mm-hmm. in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. So, well, in your new house, what's the is the kitchen suitable for you? You yes, like the kitchen suitable for me? It's yeah. totally fine. It's totally fine. Nothing is charred. No, there's nothing charred. There's no not a big like have, wrought iron fixtures. No, or, I don't have big giant handles on things and. Broil extra broilers and extra <laughs> ovens and so anyway, I, it's just fine. It's and I, I, but it's all just added toys that you really don't need. Need mm-hmm. I don't think so. Uh, I think it's sad news. Okay. Yes. Oh wow. Speaking of men and man caves, um, I went to the Portland Auto Show yesterday, and I had the best time. I went by myself. The reason I, it, it's like. 80% men, mm-hmm. just a big line of men going into the car show. So 
be a good place to meet men. You, know? <laughs> you should take your sister Sheila with you. There you go. <laughs> if you wanted to. I, I, have you guys ever been to a car show? Yes, yes. they are fun. They are really fun. So fun. And people at work, I told them I was going, they said, oh, that sounds stupid. It isn't stupid. You get to sit in all these cars. And you just sit in the cars and... There aren't those pesky car salesmen bothering you about prices and talking to you. And I like when you get to sit in the car, you just sit there in the driver's seat, and then a complete stranger gets in the passenger seat. <laughs> they just start chatting and make jokes about where you're going, and is this a car for you? And then other strangers climb in the back seat and ooh and ah over everything. So it was just really, really a fun day. And I test drove five cars. So, really? Yes. They have test driving. So first I made my rounds. Now I made the mistake of going to the luxury upper deck first. Uh-huh. And it was quite a come down when I went downstairs. And saw, <laughs> Into your personal price range. Right. The cars for the masses. So, but I did enjoy the luxury cars. I even sat in a, there was a BMW that was like $110,000 and it had bright lipstick red leather seats inside, Julie. See, see, that's it. That's what men want, right? <laughs> it, it, it was like it the size of an army tank, you know, with just gigantic leather lipstick red seats inside. Well, it was $110,000. So um, the good thing was, you know, I'm sort of in the market next year for a new car. And I just wanted to sit in all the cars I was interested in and rule some of them out. Because if I can't see out the back window, I'm not buying a car. That's okay. That's your, your that's your litmus test? That, that's, that's my rule. So I'm interested in a small SUV. Uh, so I, you know, I wanted to love the Honda CRV. It's the best selling small, uh, SUV on the market, very highly rated, but I don't like that car. I can't see out the back window. There's too many goo gaws in the front. And speaking <laughs> of which there are many cars and I'm sure you, if you've driven a new car lately, the, what happened to the steering wheel? It is nothing but flippers, paddles, levers, there's sticks, there's sub sticks. There are so many things going on on the steering wheel. That is a complete turnoff to me. I want two sticks, a blinker on the left and a windshield wiper thing on the right. That's all I need. Old school. You're old school. Right. As soon as I, I think that's, they have that in the Rambler, Monica or something. Maybe you can find that. As soon as I see like three levels of paddles and flippers and sticks that's a turnoff for me so uh honda crv sorry i won't i won't be getting that car um i did test drive the two mazdas the mazda cx3 too small for me and then the mazda cx5 too big for me okay so oh, so you need a cx4 <laughs> obviously you need a cx4 i do once I do. they make one I better, the, Mazda already emailed me this morning, asked me how my test drive, maybe I should suggest that to them. Uh, but I did, I test drove a really cute car. It was a Golf, electronic VW Golf, fully electronic. So you just plug it in, like plug and play. Darling, electronic or electric? Electric. 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 Plug and play. 
Oh. Uh, didn't make so cute, so quiet, no engine noise, very quiet, so impractical. You can only go 80 miles. Uh-huh. So you really can't leave town. No. And that's, that's what the guy driving with me told me. He goes, really, it's just for doing errands around town. And I was thinking, well, that, that's not really a practical car for me. Um, I did drive, you know, I'm interested, obviously, in the Subaru, which has my name all over it. I know it's the car I should buy with the all-wheel drive, little small station wagon. Uh, I drove both of them, uh, the Outback, which was fancier, uh, and the Forester, which I liked. But I just was surprised. Those cars are so expensive. Mm. They're like $38,000. Really? Ah. Yes. Well, the top of the line with the leather seats, um, cars are really expensive. Like a lot of the cars there say they start at $25,000, but you really can't get much for $25,000. So... That well, was, it sounds like you only want a, a wiper and a blinker, so maybe you can make a good deal, Monica. <laughs> Get a stripped-down version. <laughs> no, but you might want the leather seats, Monica. I, 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 I do I, want I, leather seats. I do want heated seats. I don't want, like, lane – I don't want – blind spot indicators. I don't want cameras and going out the front of the car or the back of the car. I don't want any of that, but that's what it, that's what stuff comes with. But I would say my favorite car, I mean, I sat in many beautiful cars and there was one where I sat in there and I just dreamed it was my car and seeing no one else at the auto show was interested in this car I sat in there for about 20 minutes. And that was, it was, I know people aren't going to love this car. It was a BMW 3 Series station wagon. This car was bright white. It had this beautiful light beige leather seats. Mm. I could see myself in that car for the rest of my life. That, that, That was my dream car. That dream car was about $30,000 more than I have in my budget. And I'd be embarrassed to park it in my driveway. <laughs> it just, it, it, it would not fit in my driveway. It would not fit in my driveway. But had a great time at the car show. Really great time. Saw a lot of great cars. Um, still interested in VWs. I thought when I when I went home, when I left the car show, at first I thought, oh, God, I'm going to have to walk home because getting my car is going to be so disappointing. <laughs> but it wasn't. I love my car. I love the size of it. Uh, there's two sticks. You know? <laughs> it's a blinker and a windshield wiper. There's no cameras. Uh, it drives great. So, anyways, fun day at the car show. I uh, maybe you should just wait. If you wait another year or two... The self-driving cars will be out, and then they'll just have no sticks because yeah. you just you won't have to do any of that. You just know, the, get in. The, the car will be doing everything you need it to do. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, fun. You know what was an awfully cute car was the Fiat, the Pope Mobile. Remember the one, the Pope? Oh, the Fiat Five Hundred. Oh, those are adorable cars. That car is adorable, and it's very spacious inside. It kind of looks like it might fall apart after. A short while, but um, that was that was a darling car. That was a really really cute car. I liked that a lot. 
They have teeny tiny wheels, Monica, uh, on those fields. <laughs> it would never make it up that mountain that you could go to Bend. Yeah. So, uh, so, but it's good for popes touring around locally. <laughs> I think that's about. It. Sisters, I have to ask you. I have, I have a, a situation, and I, I just, I'm, I'm embarrassed about this, but I don't know if you have ever experienced this, and I don't know if it's a medical situation that I need to take, take to the next. Julie, are you addicted to cheese? Yeah, addicted to cheese? No. Cheese, because I was in the news again this week. But she's treating cheese addictions. Cheese <laughs> addictions. No, my issue is I have what I can only describe as deflated fingertips that <laughs> stick with me. Stick with me. So, so that when I use a keypad or when I'm trying to swipe on my phone, Occasionally, they my fingertips are not working. They are just, I don't know whether they're because they're calloused from all the like packing and moving or what, but things, they, I cannot swipe. I have, or I, today I was at the grocery store and you have to enter on a keypad, uh, you know, a, a, a item number and I couldn't, it was. Julie, was, that's really strange. So it is, it's a fingertip situation. I think it's because my, I, or my because I'm, I'm the oldest sister. Is it just an aging thing or is it something? You mean so, like they're not flushy the way they used to be? Would you say that's de- what they deflated? Describe. There's they're just no. Deflated. They're a little wrinkled. I didn't want to use the word wrinkled, but so I was, that's why. Deflated. I deflated, like a deflated fingertip that are just. Doesn't I guess sometimes my phone will ring. I can see someone's there and I'm swiping, I'm swiping, I'm swiping to answer the phone and I can't do, I can't, and nothing's happening. So Hmm. you don't have, have you ever heard of this? Is this a situation? I have never heard anyone complain about deflated fingertips. No, no. Uh, I mean, it's not dehydration. I don't cook. Maybe it's, I don't know what it is, Monica. I mean, it's maybe I'm a little dehydrated from moving and stuff, but, or it's calluses because I have, you know, I have been wrapping and unwrapping a lot of things. So maybe that's it, but I just, or maybe it's just, this happens as you get older, you know, your fingers, your your fingers fingertips are, are not fully functional, fully functional. So I'm just going to put that out to the satellite sisterhood. Cause you apparently, you too you don't have any information. No, no, I cannot help you with that. But okay. they did, they did help with the twitchy eyelids. Well, so. that's what I, that's what yeah. I thought is. I know that I, I felt like you got some good, solid information about twitchy eyelids uh, from, from our satellite sisterhood. Perhaps there are other people th- that are, uh, have deflated fingertips. That, right. Uh, you can start your own support group. <laughs> I'm going to have to get special gloves. <laughs> All right. Well, we are getting close to the point where I think we need to wrap this up. I did, though, um, uh, yesterday, Saturday, I had uh, errands and things to do uh, because, of course, I'll be out of town all all this week. So. I started my day, as you would when you're having, like, a terrible, terrible week. I started my day at urgent care, of course, uh, because my, my flu has developed into a very deep and rumbling cough, which I'm, I normally wouldn't be that concerned about. It seems like a natural thing, and it's all kind of breaking it up. 
But if you sisters recall, over the past three years, I've had two different bouts of pneumonia, right? right. So so normally I might have let it go another week or so, but because of the pneumonias I've had and because I'm getting on an airplane first thing Monday morning, uh, I went to the urgent care yesterday, the super nice one near my home, and they hooked me up. They said just, you know... The z would be the way to go. What we're trying to prevent now, the doctor said, is uh, bacterial bronchitis. Oh, so, um, so anyway, so I, I was feeling, feeling pretty good about the fact that I went, went to the doctor. He listened. He prescribed something, and I was staving off uh, bout number three uh, of pneumonia. So then I, I doubled back, and I went to the... Uh, the P.O. box, you know, where all the Satellite Sisters mail comes. And usually I just transfer that mail directly into the trunk of my car. And <laughs> yes. where it lives. It's a good system you got there, Liz. Where it lives for however long. It just naturally needs to be there. Um, and But there was a big box there uh, that, um, you know, I had to go to the front desk at the mail drop place. And, and they gave me this, like, gift box. And I thought, huh, this is interesting. Okay, what do we have here? And it turns out it was a very large box of chocolates from my airline. And I just got to say, when your airline is sending you boxes of chocolates, (laughs) there is something really wrong with your life. Yes, there you know, is. Here it is. We're just like, you know, two weeks away from Valentine's Day. And here's what I got from my airline. It's called a chocolate tasting journey. Oh. A, a, a world passport in 21 pieces. Yeah, so this isn't like some little box of Godiva, like, here you go, thanks. This was like, no, like, to thank me for, like... Spending so much time with them in 2015, blah, 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 blah. Um, It said, the intriguing confections in this box pay homage to the destinations you can explore, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Each piece was crafted by a master chocolatier to rekindle your memories of past trips. (laughs) What, like last week's midair mayhem? My memories of past trips. And awake- Maybe if you had the chocolate, you could have given it to the guy. And it would have settled him down. Like, Awaken here. my curiosity for future adventures. So, yeah. For some reason, I found that to be just like a total bummer. Because, besides the fact that I've said on Satellite Sisters before, I think the worst gift you can give, like a single woman who lives alone is like a big box of candy. <laughs> right, right. Nobody <laughs> wants to be alone with a big box of candy. That's true, Liz. Like, That's, do you agree with absolutely. me, Monica? It's just- yes. Once for my 40th birthday, I was all alone, and someone sent me a big, giant, fudgy chocolate cake. <laughs> and I, I was in a hotel room traveling at the time, and they thought this would be a nice thing. 40-year-old single woman alone in a hotel room with a fudgy chocolate cake. <laughs> It is, it is not good. It was not good, Liz. It's like the most depressing situation to be alone with that much chocolate. And plus you're getting like a Valentine from your airline. From your airline, exactly. That's just, that's too much. That's, yes. That's really, that that could be yes, the worst ever. gift ever, Liz. Yeah. 
That's what I thought. Uh, and then I started like, okay, did they pick out chocolate just for me? Like, did men get boxes of chocolate? What did the men get? I bet the men didn't get boxes of chocolate. <laughs> uh, it is a beautiful box. It's a beautiful chocolate tasting journey. Uh, I just, I'm not really on the market for any more journeys or any more chocolate. Uh, I think you should leave it out in the lobby of your um, apartment building, Liz, and make some friends. <laughs> That's a nice idea, Julie. Everyone is labeled with a different country and has a little story attached to it. It's just, it is quite a spectacular presentation, but I think I'm just going to throw the whole thing away. Um, <laughs> but it did remind me on a much brighter note that uh, we were th- thinking about Valentine's Day and how to use the, you know, the upcoming holiday as a way to uh, to tell your friends how much you love your friends. And uh, so... Um, the on Parks and Rec, they created a Galentine's Day. And I know, Julie, I know that you and Leanne were talking about this on the show the other day, right? Right. I think it's just a great idea for the Satellite Sisters that you invite your your pals, your friends uh, um, that have been there for you, invite them over. You can do lunch, you can do dinner, you could do drinks um, to, you know, to tell them they're the best. And what, what, uh, what, there's nothing better than a copy of our new book, You're the Best, A Celebration of Friendship, as a way to thank your friends for being, uh, for being a friend. That's what I think. Yeah, so it's just another brilliant idea from Amy Poehler. So Valentine's Day is the day before Valentine's Day, so that would make it a Saturday. It does seem like a fun time to organize something. Um, with your friends and we would just encourage that, you know, it's a, it's a good way to take a little time with your own satellite sisterhood and thank them for, for being the best. Uh, maybe, maybe I'll save my chocolate and have a little chocolate party. Uh, like everybody can get a single, piece, single piece of chocolate. Yeah. Uh, Liz, chocolate and strawberries. <laughs> there you go. Okay. You got from somewhere in the world. Anyway, Valentine's day, check it out, celebrate it. Um, it is, it does sound like a fun way to tell their, your friends that, that they're the best. Okay. So here we are, we're, we're wrapping it up. Uh, you guys have anything major planned this week, Monica, anything Uh, going on? You know how much I enjoy seeing the Oscar nominated short films, you know, a lot of movie theaters show programs, like you get to see all the short action films that are nominated and all the short animation films. So I'm doing that this afternoon. Oh, that sounds fun. Oh, I can't wait to hear about that. That sounds great. Okay. And Julie, Um, besides putting your herb together or whatever it is, your grub. My mom. mom. I'm actually heading heading to Brooklyn, New York, Liz. Uh, I have a babysitting assignment. Urban Nana will be back on duty this week uh, in Brooklyn, New York. Yep. Okay. Have fun. Okay. I will be in transit, but I got the Z-Pack and I'm good to go. And try to get one of those 12-minute scalp massages, <laughs> 12-minute scalp massage. That is, uh, you know, they could even do that on airplanes, you know? <laughs> Just somebody could stand behind you. Uh, anyway, so, um, okay, this has been fun. It's always a pleasure to be together. We are the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget, call your Satellite Sisters.